This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week, our podcast is brought to you by BHP. Reducing greenhouse gas emissions in the production of copper is critical. That's why BHP has committed to solar, wind and battery agreements to help power their copper mine at Olympic Dam in South Australia. It's happening now at BHP. Visit bhp.com slash critical to find out more. One of the biggest fraud trials in American history is happening right now in a New York courtroom. It's the trial of Sam Bankman-Fried, who was the former golden boy of cryptocurrency before his business went bankrupt, leaving investors short. So in this episode, we'll take a look at who Sam Bankman-Fried is, how he rose to the top, and how his crypto empire collapsed. Squeeze Shortcuts is your backstory to the big news stories. I'm Alex Ty. And I'm Claire Kimball. Let's start with the backstory of Sam Bankman-Fried before we get to the part with the alleged crime worth billions of dollars. So he is 31, he's a young guy, and both of his parents are law professors at Stanford University, which is one of the top unis in America. And what accounts of Bankman-Fried's life say is that he was always gifted at maths. But apart from those basic facts, and despite everything that's been written about Bankman-Fried over the last couple of years, we don't actually know a lot about his childhood. The mm. journalist Michael Lewis, who has spent a lot of time with him and just written a book about him, which is going very well, uh, Lewis says that he couldn't find anyone to give a character reference of Sam Bankman-Fried before the age of 18. So Lewis came to the conclusion that Sam Bankman-Fried grew up an isolated and lonely kid. But where we do start to get more information is during his university years. We know that his math skills, Claire, you mentioned them, got him work as a trader. He worked for a Wall Street firm. And during that time, he was also getting into a movement called effective altruism. Yeah, it's an ethical movement that was popularised by an Australian philosopher named Peter Singer and also a Scottish philosopher, Will McCaskill. And what it says is that you can use evidence and reason to figure out how to benefit others as much as possible and taking action on that basis. And one way to do the most good in the world, they say, is to make as much money as you possibly can and then... <laughs> give it away to tackle the biggest problems that the world is facing. So in Bankman-Fried's telling, he encountered this idea of effective altruism and said, okay, that is what I'm going to do. I'm going to get super rich so I can do the most good in the world. He starts a trading firm called Alameda Research. So it was this business that invested directly in the market. And that's a good name to keep in mind as well, because it becomes important later. And at this time, Claire, cryptocurrencies are gaining traction and Bankman-Fried notices that there's a big loophole in the market. Yeah, that arose around the rise of Bitcoin. It was the first cryptocurrency. And this gets a little bit technical, but what Sam realised is that the price of Bitcoin was lower in the United States than it was in Japan. So he arranged to buy Bitcoin in the US and then sell it for a higher amount in Japan. And he does this for a couple of months before that loophole closes and it makes him millions of dollars. So he's sitting on this small fortune, but he's still not done. He wants to make an even bigger fortune, and his next move is to start a platform that allows other people to trade cryptocurrencies easily. He calls that 
FTX. Yeah, so FTX allowed regular people who'd heard about cryptocurrencies uh, to swap currencies like US dollars or Aussie dollars for cryptocurrency. It becomes a bit of an on-ramp for people to get into crypto and every exchange that is made on FTX, Bankman Freed takes a cut. And this becomes a cash volcano. The value of FTX climbs to billions of dollars. And at his peak, it's estimated that Sam Bankman-Fried was worth US $26 billion. And Claire, he does start giving that money away. Yeah, that's right. He does give money to those altruism campaigns, but he also becomes a big political donor. In the lead up to last year's midterm elections in the US, Bankman Free contributed more than $70 million to election campaigns, mostly giving to the Democrats. And during this peak time for Bankman Freed, he and his team have made some interesting decisions about their living arrangements. Yeah, so they've moved out of the United States into the Bahamas and all of the top executives live together in one penthouse. And there were also times when these executives were dating other executives, which led some people to speculate that they were living in a polycule, which is the name for a group of people who are all dating each other. And people have a lot of fun speculating about that, but I have heard journalists hose down those rumours and say, look, this penthouse was probably more like a university share house. But either way, Claire, Sam Bankman-Fried is in the Bahamas. He is riding high worth tens of billions of dollars until the empire comes crashing down. Let's get into that next. Before we get into what might be in the news next week, a message from our podcast advertiser, BHP. This week, they're keen to share with Squizzers how the resources they mine are key to the energy transition to renewable energy. Yeah, we often hear about the push towards renewable energy, but what doesn't get as much attention is the role resources play in making that transition possible. Take steel, for instance. It's a key material used in the construction of renewable energy infrastructure as well as in bridges, transportation, hospitals and schools. And a big part of it comes from iron ore. BHP says the importance of responsibly produced Australian iron ore is clear. And by that, they mean reducing the greenhouse gas emissions associated with iron ore production. It's why BHP has committed to a solar and battery agreement to help power their port facilities at Port Hedland. It's happening now at BHP. And if you want to learn more, visit bhp.com forward slash critical. You'll find that link in your episode notes. We have covered the rise. Now let's look at the fall. Remember that name Alameda Research? So that is the firm that Bankman Freed set up to trade, and he did a lot of that by making bets on cryptocurrency prices. Yeah, that's right. So on one hand, he's speculating about the price, and on the other, he's helping people to trade in crypto markets. But in 2022, it was a particularly bad year for crypto investments. Like other markets, rising interest rates and high inflation really did take its toll. So even before the collapse, of FTX, pretty much everybody who was trading in crypto was losing money. Yes, people in the market at the time called this the crypto winter. And one of the groups losing lots of money was Alameda Research. They lost billions of dollars on bad crypto bets. And one thing to note here is that Bankman Freed was no longer the CEO of Alameda Research, even though he set up that firm and was the majority owner. Instead, Alameda was being run by his then girlfriend, a woman named Caroline Ellison. 
And here is where we get to the alleged crimes. So Alameda was making its trades using funds that crypto enthusiasts had paid for on FTX. And then as it was losing heaps of money, Ellison says that Bankman Fried directed her to fill that gap with more money from FTX. Yeah, the problem though is that the FTX money belonged to FTX customers. And in the world of finance, if you're a currency exchange holding money on behalf of your customers, turning around and then using that money for other things, it's just a huge no-no and it's against the law. For his part, Bankman Freed said that he had little to do with the running of Alameda and that if Ellison took money from FTX, then that's on her. Then in November last year, it's all happened so recently, there is an article on a cryptocurrency news website that questions Alameda's balance sheets. And then the CEO of one of FTX's competitors starts tweeting about his questions around the firm. Yep, and that is pretty much when all hell breaks loose. Hmm. Uh, FTX customers get freaked out and start trying to pull out of the exchange, but FTX doesn't have enough money to pay all of its customers back, and that's when the exchange collapses. Within days, Sam Bankman-Fried files for bankruptcy, and it means that his personal net worth of $26 billion has more or less vanished. Yep, and pretty much from there, it only gets worse for him. In December, Bankman Freed was arrested in the Bahamas after being charged in the United States with fraud charges. Uh, his colleagues, including his now former partner, Caroline Ellison, they plead guilty to their own criminal charges and say that they will cooperate in the criminal case against Sam Bankman Freed. And it's this trial that is unfolding right now with his former friends and colleagues lining up on the witness stand to testify against Bankman Freed. He has pleaded not guilty to the charges. Yep, but if he is convicted, the maximum sentence is about 110 years in a federal prison. That's the maximum, but serious commentators say that it's actually possible that he could spend the rest of his life in jail. And they point out that the US government doesn't bring these kinds of prosecutions unless it's very confident that it can have a win. We'll just have to wait and see what the jury decides. And that is your shortcut to the story of Sam Bankman-Fried and his current trial. Now, on to our recommendations. Each week, we like to bring you extra reading, watching or listening on the topic. And this week, we've got a couple of podcasts. There's a podcast I really like called Search Engine, and they did an episode on Sam Bankman-Fried and where the $8 billion that he lost actually went to. Yeah, sounds like a good one. I've been listening and Alex, you and I have talked about it, a podcast by that journalist that we talked about earlier, Michael Lewis. It's Mm. called Judging Sam. Uh, Lewis was doing a profile on Sam Bankman-Fried when FTX collapsed, so he's really got a box seat to everything that went down from the inside. And that is it for us today. If you like what you heard, please tell people about the podcast. And if you have any requests, you can send them through to hello at thesquiz.com.au. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time. Kate Watson, co-host of News Club and The Weekly Wrap, jumping in here to say thank you for listening to our podcasts first and foremost. And if you like them, we'd really appreciate it if you could share them. Tell your mates about us. Tell your family. 
tell your barista, tell your hairdresser, whoever you think might be interested in the news that we cover. You telling people about us is still the number one way we grow. Thanks in advance.